growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week, we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award-winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome to all you growers, grinders, create your own peace of minders. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com and I am your host, Kyle Cushman. For the first time, we have two guests on the show today. They are arguably two of the most well-versed and dynamic activists in the cannabis community. For over 25 years, they have immersed themselves into the hemp and cannabis industry and their combined contributions require a lengthy introduction. The husband and wife team of Chris Conrad and Mickey Norris share multiple awards, recognitions, and accomplishments. They have co-authored books such as Shattered Lives, Portraits from America's Drug War, and Human Rights and the U.S. Drug War. They've curated for cannabis museums in both the U.S. and Amsterdam, and both were community action coordinators for California Prop 215, helping to manage the volunteer signature gathering campaign effort. As much of a force as they are together, as individuals, their resumes shine on their own. Chris, an Oaksterdam educator, has served as court-qualified cannabis expert witness over 275 times. He speaks at numerous cannabis and hemp-related events each year and is the recipient of the Oaksterdam University Lifetime Achievement Award. He is currently teaching cultivation and compliance with the Canadian National MMJ program at the International Pharmaceutical Academy in Canada, a country now seemingly in the forefront of marijuana legalization. Mickey is a political powerhouse. Her leadership has led to the passage of several California ballot initiatives that make enforcement of marijuana possession crimes the lowest law enforcement priority. She has been awarded the Pauline Sabin Award and was a delegate to the Beyond 2008 NGO Forum in Vancouver, where multiple non-governmental organizations met to advise the United Nations on drug policy. Chris and Mickey also founded the West Coast Leaf as a newsprint periodical in 2007, and as the managing editor, Mickey published the cannabis newspaper of record from 2008 until 2013. Now the publication has gone digital as The Leaf Online, and you can find it by going to www.theleafonline.com. They've made it their life's work to educate the public about cannabis and hemp worldwide through publication, public speaking, and political activism, and their hard work will be recognized at the next Emerald Cup, where they will both be awarded the Emerald Cup Lifetime Achievement Award. Welcome, Chris and Mickey, to The Grow Show. Thanks, Great guys. to be here. Well, listen, guys, we've been friends for a long time, just by running into each other at all of these wonderful events from normal conferences to High Times Cannabis Cups. And we're going to see each other again in a couple of weeks. So congratulations are in order. How do you feel about being awarded the Emerald Cup Lifetime Achievement Award? Well, one of the thing about a Lifetime uh, Achievement Award is that, you know, we're still in the midst of our life. So it's, it's kind of interesting <laughs> from that point of view. But actually, we've gotten several Lifetime Achievement Awards at this point. <laughs> so one of the things we've noticed is that uh, getting that doesn't stop us from keeping going. But, you know, I mean, I think it's really great. Uh, the Emerald Cup is a very special event here in California and Sonoma County in Santa Rosa. Whereas a lot of the cannabis events nowadays are being more and more business oriented, this still has a lot of the community feeling as well as going business. And so I, I think it's a special uh, thing to be honored by somebody like them. Or likewise with the – we got an award from HempFest last year, and that's something where you know you, it's just from the people. So it feels really special to get those kind of awards. I agree. It's very culture-oriented as opposed to business-oriented. Chris, I understand you also have a new book coming out in the next few weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, it's called The Newbie's Guide to Cannabis and the Industry, Kyle. And it's an intro, but it, it's, you know, right now, there's so many people who are just starting to get interested in what's going on with cannabis. And, and a lot of people are excited about what they call the green rush uh, of the market. And so the book, uh, it gives people an introduction and a lot of cautions in terms of not everything is automatically going to just work great just because you got excited about cannabis, you know? So we give people some real serious guidance as to how to do it. But it's not a book that's only for newbies. People who have a lot of experience will find that there's information there for them as well. So I, I'm really excited. I think it's really the perfect time for a book like this that can, is designed to reach the mainstream public as well as people who are very interested in the field, people who never smoked marijuana before, people who are in the business and want to know how to do a better job of it. It's kind of a book for everybody. That's great. I think that you're the perfect person with all of the expertise to give an unbiased, really, uh, opinion on what it's going to be like out there for people trying to get into the industry. You know, I get that's one of the most common questions I get these days is, Kyle, what should I do? How do I get into the industry? Everybody is looking for a job doing something that they love, and I can't blame them for that. But it's, it's a hard question to answer, isn't it? Well, yes. And in fact, what we talk about, first off, the gray area of the law is the big part of the problem, you know, because people aren't sure what is legal and what isn't legal at this point in a lot of country. The other part of it is that we don't know what people want to do. A lot of how to get into the industry is, you know, following your heart, but you also have to have business sense. So a lot of the book is actually helping people explore that idea. We talk about what's involved in doing different things, the ancillary industries, the cultivation side of it, the manufacturing products, opening a dispensary, doing a delivery service, making pipes and trying to sell them, things like that. And then that way the, the person who's reading the book can find what speaks to them and get more information about how to move forward on that. The other thing we think is really important is for people to go to events and get connections, uh, different events around the country. And the third, well, the last thing I should say is that we, in the book, we recommend that people should go to someplace like Oaksterdam University where they can get hands-on training because you know how it is, Kyle. Reading a book is one thing, but growing a plant is a very different experience. Absolutely, and I love Oaksterdam University, my old alma mater, as they say. It is a great place run by passionate people, for sure. I also heard that you have an interview coming out, and Skunk Magazine is doing a piece on you guys. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's right. We were interviewed or offered questions by Pebbles Trippett, a longtime activist from Mendocino. Yes. Who had some great questions, and they made us think about what we've done throughout the years and why we've done the things that we've done throughout the years. And so I'm very excited about this interview coming out because I'm also very excited about receiving this Lifetime Achievement Award. And it is such an honor from the Emerald Cup, the the growers of Northern California. And these are our colleagues. So we're, you know, very excited to have this honor because there's so many great activists throughout the year I mean, throughout the world who could receive these <laughs> awards as well. We've been in it, you know, such a long time. Since 88, we started getting involved in this issue. And we've done a lot of different things, trying to come up with different ways of educating people and motivating people to get involved in the issue and be a part of the change. So the article covers a lot of the different projects that we've done throughout the years and the reasons why we've done it. And so I, I'm excited. I hope people 
get to read that, it. And, and that's awesome. It. Pebbles is a longtime cannabis warrior. And you that's know, right, Kyle. And in fact, one of the things about getting interviewed by somebody like Pebbles is she she knows really our background well enough to ask the kind of in-depth questions about like my involvement in the writing of The Emperor Wears No Clothes and the California Hemp Initiative and what we did on Prop 215. A lot of people, they don't really know what we've been up to, but, but somebody like Pebbles, who's been in the trenches with us for a long time, she was able to ask questions. And I think it's one of the best interviews that we've had done. That feels great. I mean, you guys are so diverse in the things, the, the subjects that you guys cover. Mickey, could you tell us a little bit about the Human Rights and Drug War Photo Exhibit project behind your books on the subject? What inspired you to create this project? Well, this goes back to 1995 when it was the 50th anniversary of the United Nations. And Chris and I were starting to look at marijuana prisoners as prisoners of conscience. And we felt that their rights were being violated, their human rights were being violated in the name of the drug war. And then I met this woman, Virginia Resner, who was the California representative for Families Against Mandatory Minimums. And she had started a project bringing attention to the female victims of the drug war, the women who got locked up for long mandatory minimum sentences for extremely low-level crimes often the crimes that were attributed to their boyfriends or their husbands. And they got stuck with the longest sentences because of conspiracy laws and because they had no information to trade. Not that everybody's going to be, you know, become snitches anyway. But so we hooked up with Virginia and together we created this photo exhibit. We made a, a an outreach to the prisoners of the drug war, not just marijuana prisoners, because the rights are being violated in the name of all drugs. At this Absolutely. Point. So we made an outreach to people in the prisons and to the FAM reps around the country to contact inmates that they knew. And we sent out a letter and with a form for people to fill out and send us a photo and asking them if they feel that their human rights have been violated in the name of the drug war to send us their story, send us a photo, especially one with their families are preferred because then you can see just in that image who's being affected by the drug war, who are the victims. And it's not just the people sent to prison, it's their whole family. And then it's, and in some cases, because of the the racist nature of the drug war as well and and locking up people of color at a much disproportionate rate that we could see that all whole communities have been impacted by, by the drug war as well. We put together this big photo exhibit that we showed in 95. It was beautiful. Yes. And, and, it, and we schlepped it around the country and made smaller excerpted photo exhibits for groups around the country. I made about 30 of them. And people put them up in libraries or schools or colleges and at events that they participated in to put a human face on the drug war and to show what the social costs of the drug war are as well. And also to give people a primer on how the drug war is operating. It's so important. This has been such a travesty. And as you said, not just for the actual people who are doing the time, but for their families and all of their loved ones. So glad that you guys are as dynamic as you are. Right now, we have to show our sponsors some Grow Show love, but we'll be right back before you can exhale. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. 
Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to ensure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God. It's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody, to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. We're starting to see more and more mainstream support in the cannabis industry. One example of this is Sean Parker, co-founder of Napster, former Facebook president and billionaire. According to Fortune magazine, Sean is planning on throwing millions behind the California Marijuana Initiative. And in a statement to the Times, he said, quote, It's very encouraging to see a vibrant community of activists coming together around a sensible, reform-based measure that protects children, gives law enforcement additional resources, and establishes a strong regulatory framework for responsible adult use of marijuana, one that will yield economic benefits for all Californians. You know, it always helps to have the support of a philanthropic billionaire when you're trying to get something done, right, Mickey? That's right. I mean, it, these things cost a lot of money, these these initiatives. It's not as easy as people think. It's, just, it's, it's more than just writing the ideal language and hoping that people are going to come on board and fund it. The fact that we've got Sean Parker, his money committed to legalizing it is a, makes it a lot easier. He's got a lot of money. This, this campaign is going to cost at least $20 million, you know, to pass in California. And that's not very easy to, to raise. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. So California, we have had legal cannabis in some form for, is it over 20 years now? 
it was 1996, so that's 19 yeah. years. Next year, it'll be, it'll be 20. 20 years. We're coming up on our 20th anniversary, and we still don't have a framework for adult sale of cannabis. And the election cycle is coming around, and we have how many initiatives at last count? Was it 11? Last I heard, it was either 12 or 18. Okay. <laughs> People so, are, are you know, getting their last-minute language, to, hoping to use it as leverage to make some changes in, in the one that will probably be going forward. Right. And, and I know, Chris, you have some definite strong opinions on how we should move forward with all of this chatter going on. Yeah, I think that's the critical issue right here, Kyle, is that the legislature passed two bills, actually three last year, but two that are most important to us are AB 266 and AB 634 here in California. And so between the two of them, what they've done is they've created a regulated system for sales of marijuana that's very difficult to deal with. But mainly what they've done is they've eliminated the collective system as we've known it since 2004. So this is going to be a huge thing. A lot of people are going to get into a lot of trouble. And as an expert witness, I'm hoping that won't happen too much. We're trying to educate people about it. But the thing that is critical about this is it means people really need to get together on an initiative. And I know one of the problems we've had is that people write their own language and then they think that the way to get ahead is by trashing everybody else's initiative. Well, you know, we've read a lot of these initiatives. And I've read the Adult Use Act that, that Sean Parker has put forward, as well as the CCPR initiative that Reform CA puts out and so forth. And, and all these different initiatives. And they basically agree on the basic points. People could possess marijuana in their home or when they're going out and doing things. People can grow a certain amount at home. And there's a regulated system of sales. The adult use initiative also allows for the legislature to reduce penalties and things later on. It allows people to grow six plants for personal use. So it's a good initiative. My concern is that what we saw in the past, like with Proposition 19, is that the rumor mill gets going and people just start saying all this crazy stuff about it. Right. That right. Mostly wasn't true even. And, right. and we have to deal with that. So I think it's really important for your listeners to understand right now, all these initiatives are good. We need to consolidate behind one because if we spend our time fighting with each other, we've got the, the drug war to fight, man. We right. shouldn't be fighting with each other. Right. So would you suggest that voters vote yes on Whichever initiative does make the ballot, regardless, just to vote yes? I have not seen any that are worse than what we currently have. <laughs> so I would great say answer. Yes. That's a great answer. Do you think that things are just kind of easing off the pre-Reagan drug war era where marijuana was a little more tolerated socially? Or are we seeing real significant, possibly permanent change here? Well, it's very exciting, actually. I think a sentencing reform bill just passed through some committees, important committees in, in the Senate to reduce some of these mandatory minimum sentences and to, I believe, eliminate life without parole sentences for drugs, for nonviolent offenses. So those are substantial. I mean, there were an estimated 6,000 people that were supposed to get some relief by November 1st by downgrading their sentencing levels due to some of these suggestions or recommendations by the Sentencing Commission. So it's really good. I mean, more there's getting to be more latitude that judges can use and prosecutors can use. And I think the Obama administration also has tried to end some of this mass incarceration. You know, the United States 
has 25% of the world's prison population and only 5% of the population of the world. We're really out of sync with the rest, with the way the rest of the world deals with it, or at least the industrialized countries. I mean, we're, we are more in sync with the way Indonesia and Singapore and China and some of these very repressive regimes. Yeah, the Muslim countries. Just crazy. Yeah, Just crazy. So, well, yeah. do you guys think that the end of prohibition is imminent? I don't know that imminent is exactly the right word because uh, I, I, I'm seeing this as what we've seen in California is we win, but then the $40 billion investment in the drug <laughs> war, just they have so much money, they just keep coming back. They're like the zombies, you know what I mean? No matter what happens, they just keep coming back with more. And we've had such bad court rulings. So I think it could be if California passes it in 2016, I think we're going to be in a great place. But I'll tell you, we just came back from D.C. and we were lobbying, uh, not as paid lobbyists, but on our own dime, as a matter of fact. And we have never gotten the reception like we did this time. The politicians, our state, our, I mean, our federal representatives were saying that it's a new era for cannabis. They're finding bipartisan support. The public is ready to do something. It's time to make a change. But they're not hearing from enough people. And so we need to really make sure that the listeners out there take us some time and get out there and, and tell their elected officials, give a call, write an email, write a letter, do something, but let them yes. know that you want this to change because otherwise we, we could hit the same thing where we hit a doldrums, people are content with things that they are, and then we have a huge rollback, which is what happened in the 1970s and 80s. Yes, no doubt that progress is being made, but complacency can always turn us backwards. So many people think that their vote doesn't count and that it doesn't matter. Please ironically, uh, tell us why they're wrong. Ironically, the more people who don't vote, the more important your vote is. Even more so. Give us two really important points why it's important that they vote. Well, if they want to affect change, they have to have their voices heard. They have to vote for legalization if they want legalization. It's not going to come another way. I I don't think we're going to get that in California through the legislative system. We need the initiative to pass. So we need the initiative. I mean, other states might be passing some legalization initiatives because they are legislation because they they don't have an initiative. But we are lucky to have that, and people should take advantage of that. And also, the pre- the next president and our representatives will all determine how our drug policies are going forward in the in the future. And if we get least of-, of which is not the Supreme Court. Exactly, as well as the Supreme Court. That's right. That's what I always like to bring up. You know, so I would say the two reasons are the initiative to change the law and the politicians to change the political climate. We've always tried to make it real for people with uh, hemp products back in the 90s, talking about industrial hemp to show people it's a real thing, like showing the families and telling the stories of the drug war prisoners in the late 90s to show people these are real people. Now we just wanted to make it real, Kyle. Yes. You guys are some of the realest people I know, without a doubt. And you two have been working side by side for so many years. I just got married. And do you have any advice for a long, happy marriage and work partnership? Respect and communication. I would agree with Chris on those two things. You have to treat each other very respectfully, support each other, love each other, know that you're there for each other. So I'm sure you're going to do well, Kyle. I seem like Congratulations. You have- Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm confident that you're going to have a successful marriage and we wish you all the best. Well, I'm going to emulate after you guys a little bit and continue to follow you guys around the country and show up wherever you guys are like I normally do. We are running out of time, so if you could really quick give some social media addresses, a website, how people can contact you if they'd like some more information from you. 
Well, the website, the book is called The Newbie's Guide to Cannabis and the Industry. My website is chrisconrad.com. And Vicki? Where will the book be available, Chris? Well, Amazon.com, but also if you come to chrisconrad.com, I'll have a link on my website because right now it's kind of buried in the, the publisher's website, and I want people to have more direct access. Uh, also, people can get a free copy of my booklet, Cannabis Yields and Dosage, by downloading it from my website as well. So a couple of good reasons to go there. Great. Chris Check it out, everybody. And Mickey? Yeah. Well, we have theleafonline.com, again, mm-hmm. for the latest news and information. I have a project called the Cannabis Consumers Campaign, and people can see people who are coming out of the closet and making a difference and standing up for their equal rights that way at cannabisconsumers.org. And some of the information about the human rights and the drug war can be found at hr95.org. A couple of these need uh, the last two need a little bit of upgrading, which I hope to be doing in the near future, and, and hopefully releasing Shattered Lives Portraits from America's Drug War as an ebook in the not-too-distant future. Well, thanks, you guys, for doing the show. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in a few weeks and seeing you guys receive that award. But right now, we are out of time. we got to take a break. But we'll be right back with Ask Kyle. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the final segment of the show that we call Ask Kyle. Every day I get questions from people out there listening to the show, and a few questions from our followers sparked my interest this week, so let's get started. From Wambo via Facebook, what is the best possible strain to grow for making a profit? Considering shelf grade, yield, days flowering, and overall easiest to sell and best to smoke. Well, I understand that marijuana is a business nowadays, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
the best strain for profit is really going to depend on the market that you're in. And by the market, I mean what part of the country are you in? You know, there are certain strains that are popular everywhere, and then there are some strains that are regional. And I can't really explain why they're more popular there any more than I can explain why a certain sandwich might be more popular on the East Coast or the West Coast. Pretty good chances are that if you uh, read up on any of the high times and check out the winners of the latest cannabis cups, you're going to find a strain or two that you want to put into your rotation. From Aaron via Twitter, any advice on fighting powdery mildew? Powdery mildew is a pain in the butt and can ruin an entire crop. The trick is to catch it early. If you catch it when it's just showing up, you can take care of things. If you aren't on top of it and the powdery mildew has already taken a hold and it's latent flowering, there's really not too much you're going to do without putting some stuff on your flowers that are going to lower the quality of your flowers. Now, steps to prevent powdery mildew would be keeping your humidity during the night phases as low as possible. Powdery mildew needs a high humidity to thrive in. So if you have the appliances to keep your humidity, nighttime humidity between 30 and 40%, you'll have a much better chance of developing powdery mildew. The other thing is not letting it get too hot during the daytime because once the night's lights go out and the temperature goes down, it cre- that creates moisture. And if your buds are really hot and smoldering in the center, you're going to get that moisture that's going to create your powdery mildew. If you do notice a little bit of powdery mildew or you've been prone to it in the past, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to use sulfur burners. Sulfur burners can be used every day without any real noticeable effects to your flowers as long as you don't burn the burner for too long, two hours a day. Every other day will prevent powdery mildew in situations where they normally will pop up. If you already have a powdery mildew situation, you just might have to burn that burner for four hours a night, and you might have to burn it every day to get you through to the end of flowering without having a lot of powdery mildew. From Johnny P via Facebook, do you always use seeds or do you use cloning? Are clones as good as plants from seeds? Well, Johnny, you know, I once went eight years growing straight seed to harvest without doing any clones. Of course, I was doing a lot of breeding at the time. You don't have to be involved in breeding to want to grow from seeds. Seed stock is always going to be somewhat hardier than clones. Clones get a little bit weaker the farther they get away from the original clone mother. So every time you clone from a clone from a clone, the vigor might wane just a little bit and you might be more susceptible to pests or plant diseases. Not necessarily genetic drift, like people are speaking. The genetic potential is there, but if you're cloning off of less than superior plants, your clones can be less than superior. Seeds are a really good way to reinvigorate your breeding stock. So let's see, I think we have time for one more here from Nightcrawler via Reddit. How important is a dome when cloning? Does it take away from the light clones receive? No, not at all. The difference between doming or not doming, to me, is really going to make a, depend on your environment. If you live in an environment with sufficient humidity in the atmosphere, then I find it's better off not to dome your plants because when you take them out of a dome with a really high humidity, they're going to tend to want to wilt. They're going to be really soft and they're going to need to be hardened up. So when you plant from plants that come from under a dome, don't humid a dome, you're going to want to put them under a less intense light to give them a chance to harden up. Clones that were cloned without a humid dome will be much sturdier and you can put them right under a stronger light and get them going. 
Well, I think that's about it for today. If you want to submit your own questions, just go to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash The Grow Show, or you can tweet your questions to at Radio using hashtag The Grow Show, or send us via direct message. We are unfortunately out of time once again, and I would like to thank our guests and producers for making this show possible. Make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media and upcoming events I'll be attending. Subscribe to my newsletter and a whole lot more. Find new episodes of The Grow Show every Wednesday by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us again. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, and as always, stay lifted. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.